to the JR the Boss Man show on WDJY 99.1 FM Straight Talk. The four-hour marathon is here for you of great sports and entertainment as only the Boss Man show can bring you. And I just got to say, I'm happy to be here today with you guys. Got a great show for you. Best believe it. We got John to be by for emails in the Boss Report. Got him covered there. I tell you what, we got some great guests coming up today on the Boss Man Show. It's going to be great. We got starting off Steve Donahue, Penn Quakers, Don Verlin, Idaho Vandals, Diedrich Taylor, Cal State Fullerton Titans joining me shortly. Also, our number two gonna be crazy Arizona State Sun Devils head coach Herm Edwards on the show you play to win the game that class line he had you play to win the game left the ESPN booth now he's out of Arizona State helping college kids learning football turning them to great young men got Eric Ed home for footballweekly.com Doing his thing, Andy Benoit, the MMQB and SI. Also, we have Kyle Keller, Buck Joyner, Jay Ladner, Top 3 with Tindall, and Russell Turner on the Bossman Show. So, we have a great show for you this week. Great college coaching on all fronts because college basketball season is going full, in full effect. It's getting down to crunch time. March Madness is always almost here, so we're trying to get as many college coaches as we own as we can. Talk about this stretch run here of March Madness. College tournament time is about to go down in the college basketball world. And you know we're at the home of college basketball on the Boss Man Show. We interview college basketball coaches all year long. New coaches, old coaches, college basketball coaches, we interview them all year long. We show them love. Mid-majors, high-majors, we do our thing for those people. You better believe it and don't you forget it as that song once said also check us out bossmanradioshow.com on the construction just bear with us we're working on it doing good platform wise facebook boss man show like the page send some message contact us boss man show Twitter, we tweet out interviews, we tweet out the guest list on Fridays and Saturday mornings before the show starts, Boss Man Show, Jared the Boss Man, J.D. Beckler, follow us on Twitter there, Instagram, two of them, one for the show, one for me personally, the Boss Man Show is the shows, and my personal one is Jared the Boss Man, alright, now that's where it gets good, we have these free mobile radio apps for you guys to listen to the show on demand alright start you off with audio boom simple as the boss man show alright got that if you want segment form of the of the show got that on blog talk radio alright you want segments or full hours here on WDJY that's google Play music. Google Play Music for segments and full hours. 
iHeartRadio, it's full hours. JR the Bossman Show. Alright? We're also on Spotify now. Alright? I forgot one Radio Public. That's segments and full hours. Also Stitcher, segments and full hours. Spreaker, that's full hours. YouTube, full hours. Tune in, we're segments there. So, on demand, free radio else on your Android or device or your Apple device, check it out. Search for Jared the Boss Man and or the Boss Man Show. You should see our content there. And follow us there today. I mean, subscribe so that way iTunes as well, Five by iTunes. So, a lot of platforms we got. So, I forgot some of them. So, on the, what I'm saying is this that we have a lot of ways you can get the show. You can receive the show in multiple ways. If we're on WDJY during the week, if you kept misses from 8 to noon here on WDJY, on, in which we said if you do, but if you if you do miss us, there's a way to hear the show. So, you can take the show with you in your car. You take it to work with you. These mobile on-demand apps. So understand something. You love the Boss Man show. You want to hear segments or hear hours. Or you want to relive some moments. You have your opportunity, people. There's your opportunities there to do it. So just do it. Like Nike said, just do it. You hear me? So I can say a great show today. You're going to enjoy the show. And you just, just make sure you enjoy life, period. Lots going on in our world today that's crazy and, you know, that's just not normal. Just take a little break here the, the boss so we can give some entertainment, sports entertainment-wise, because we don't want to bring that stuff to you that's affecting you in a negative. We want to give you positive energy, positive vibes, so that way, way you, we can just be happy and grow and be together. It's one half synergy. It's one just enjoying sports radio, hearing great coaches hearing great interviews, and just being the best people we can be. And it's been up for each other. So, let me help a hand to somebody this week. Uh, go out your way for somebody this week. Just extend somebody some love. They wouldn't usually wouldn't get you. wouldn't usually understand. So, just try to be positive, be happy. And folks, it's that time. Got a great show for you. Let's jump into it. After the break, you will hear from Steve Donahue. Of the Pen Quakers on the Boss Man Show on your radio. Back in the Gerald the Boss Man Show. I'd like to be joined by the Penn Quakers head coach Steve Donahue in the Boss Man Show. Currently nine and one in Ivy League play. Coach Donahue, how are things up there in Penn, man? Everything's good. Um, we're on a good roll. We have a great group of kids, and I like everybody else in college basketball, trying to keep getting better and 
uh, do it down the stretch. Yes, sir. I see you're 91 here in Ivy League play, currently a two-game winning streak. Uh, talk to us, Coach. What's been the key factors for you that you feel is really first got your team going in the conference play and on the two winners to streak you on right now as you get ready for your back-to-backs you have here coming up with Dartmouth and Harvard here? You know, um, we've been pretty consistent on the defensive end. We're about 24th in the country in overall defense. Um, we're 6th in the country in limiting uh, three-point shooting percentage, uh, and we don't give up a lot of assists, which is one of our emphasis. So people don't get easy shots, and I think that's been the key. Uh, when we make shots, uh, after doing those things, uh, we're a pretty good team. And coach, looking also, you're rebounding the ball pretty good. If you ask me, you got sixty guys average over over three or three a game. So I'm pretty sure, along with defending the hard, I get up with assists. Attacking the glass is also a very much a big part of what you're preaching in your game plan discipline and in your game planning for these teams you're playing. You know, uh, we're a very good defensive rebounding team. I think we're tenth in the nation. Uh, limit teams to one, which uh, and we don't foul. So all the things I'm telling you is just our efficiency on the defensive side of the ball has been really good. We take care of the ball on the offensive end. Our sister turnover is the best in the league. Um, we're just inconsistent from the foul line and the three-point line. And there's times when we do and we are uh, are consistent, we make shots, and we're a really hard team to beat. Yeah, Coach, and I say you got your guys play very sound. Uh, I've watched your guys over the years, and I love how you guys are always sound. That's why I was about pin basketball. They're going to be a sound under you. And is that something you also try to teach in offseason workouts and as you in practice every day about being sound, staying true to out from the middles and doing what we do right, and everything else, take, take care of yourself, if you do everything the right way? I do feel um, on the offensive end in particular, there's, there's concepts that we really preach and uh, quicker decisions with the ball, not over dribbling. Uh, we we do a lot of different metrics that we read. But how many ball reversals did we get this game? How many times did the ball get in the paint? Uh, how many times uh, was our pass to dribble ratio positive? We try to limit dribbles, keep the ball moving, uh, try to get it inside touch, try to score in there. They take that away, just get something in rhythm from three. So, um, We've been solid with that. Uh, just as I said, at times, just not consistent to make open shots, and uh, we're trying to keep getting better at that as well. Yes, indeed. We have to pin Quakers head coach Donahue here with me on the Boss Man Show. Now, Coach, uh, what I like to say about your non-common schedule is I feel like your non-common schedule and the guys you've played, the quality points you've played, is also kind of helped you in your Ivy League play as well because when you go out there in nine con and play these tough teams of quality opponents, it's going to help you in February and into March when you get when the games get tougher and have more and more meaning down the stretch here. Yeah, no doubt. We're lucky here in Philly. We're part of the Big Five, so we play Villanova, Temple, LaSalle, and St. Joe's every year. Uh, and it's just a remarkable series that we're fortunate enough to have and uh, throw on top, we obviously played at Dayton this year as well. And I do think playing those type of teams in those environments has helped us. Uh, in particular, when we go on the road, we just played five straight road games in our conference and won four of them. I think it has a lot to do with our preseason prep. 
Yes, indeed. And like I said, you're affiliated with 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 the, with the with the group of five that you have up there in Philly. I mean, coach, uh, your guys get to play these guys in summertime as well, so they they know the guys pretty well, and they're not f afraid of the name on the front of the jersey. They play these guys all the time. It also has to help you guys too when obviously off season workouts, playing pickup games, and that your guys are not afraid of these names and these big names, guys from Villanova or wherever they come from. They can compete with them as well. Pretty good point. We are uh, we're a close knit up here in Philly. The coaches are, and we have our players in the off season travel to each other's gym and play five or six, seven pickup games against each other. I mean, it is great. It's incredible for our guys to get that experience, in particular for us to you know to go down to Villanova, Temple, and LaSalle, and St. Joe's, get that kind of experience against that kind of athleticism and talent just makes us better but I think you make a good point as well it just kind of makes it easier to go play them during the season but also gives us confidence against other really talented teams and as I said we're fortunate in Philadelphia to have this kind of college basketball culture go that goes on yes indeed now coach looking at your roster coach I feel like you have a good mix of upperclassmen, lowerclassmen, and is this the roster balance you, you hope to achieve each year in recruiting as well? You know, it's obviously a little different. The roster's a little larger. You got the ability uh, with the Penn name and the Wharton School of Business to recruit all over the world. That being said, I think our core group of really good players will be in this two and a half hours from campus. People that know Philly, know the Palestra, know the Big Five, I think you see that. Throw on top of that, the uh, the New England preps have so many good basketball players and students that we draw from them as well, um, and we'll continue to get as good a players as we can from any but anywhere in the world. Exactly, and for a guy 18 or 19 years old to come to Philadelphia, he has to be a great experience on a historic team and a historic arena. And I watched Palestra on TV a few times. Now, how was it coaching in that building? Because I feel like so much history in that building and so much so many great games that building has been played. So what's the environment like when you play a game there? So I've been fortunate enough to coach at a lot of places. Cameron Indoor, Fogown, uh, in my years at Boston College and Cornell, in my opinion, and this might be biased, there's nothing like the Palestra. It's obviously basketball only. Fans are right on top of you. It fits 9,000. Uh, you can't hear yourself think. Um, for a competitor, whether you're the home team or the visitor, it's a great experience. And if you haven't had the opportunity to be at a game at the Palestra, you should go there's absolutely nothing like it. You're on top of the court. It's loud as heck. Uh, it's just a throwback to a big old gym uh, that's over 90 years old. It's fantastic. Now, Coach, or, you know, on the Sixers, I, one of my good friends is on the Sixers, Robert Covington. I went to Tennessee State with him. He always tells me when, yeah. when, when the Hawks come in town, you got to go check out the Palestra. Well, when the Falcons come in town for the Eagles, check out the Palestra. I was up there for the, for the Falcons-Eagles game, but I never get a chance to go by there and see a game. So hopefully next time the schedule comes out, the Hawks or the Falcons I come in and catch a game, see how it is in that place. Yeah, the Sixers and Robert's been here. We uh, we have a, a preseason scrimmage, uh, inter-squad scrimmage every year with the Sixers at the Palestra. It's packed. It's a great environment. Uh, it's really a cool place. I'm not just saying that. It's it's really fun to watch college basketball at an arena like this. It's it's a throwback. There's no AC. 
There's no, there's no, uh, you know, executive suites. It's just 9,000 fans right on top of you. And I think, uh, Coach, you agree with this probably as well. A guy like Robert Covington come from a mid-major school to be in the NBA the way he is now. That's has to be confidence for your guys. If they, if they play the right way, go to their games, they could do, do what Robert done right here in, in, their, in their backyard there in Philadelphia. Well, that's what we sell. Uh, you, you're going to get a world-class education that's going to benefit you for the rest of your life. But more importantly, I don't want you to stop chasing your dream of playing in the NBA. And at Cornell, I had a, a center that went to the NBA, and obviously Jeremy Lin from Harvard is in the NBA. And during the 90s when I was assistant, we had three NBA players on one team, Ira um, Bowman, Jerome Allen and Matt Maloney, who ends up playing for the Rockets. It can be done, especially nowadays. Every game's on TV. They all have access to Synergy, which gives you every game for these scouts to look at. There's no way you're going to be hidden. Uh, and it, our level of our league is so good, and the schedule we play outside the league, it's a great opportunity for kids to, if they have that dream. Now, Coach, as you look on this back-to-back this week against Dartmouth and Harvard, what are you emphasizing for your team to prepare for these two teams as you get ready for this back-to-back here at Keywin at home at the Palestra? Well, it's a, it's a team we played just a couple of weeks ago. The hard, the difficult part is that you're playing back-to-back. You can't spend too much time on the, the Saturday night game because you got to get ready for Friday. Um, we, we split. We lost to Harvard. We beat Dartmouth um, last time. And, you know, you just try to go over with the kids exactly the tendencies and in the meantime work on stuff that you feel you got to do every year every week no matter what it is different because you you just don't have a lot of time to prep for that second team but everybody's got to do it. it's not like harvard's not playing back to back so i i actually enjoy it um it's a it takes a tough group of guys to play two games in 24 hours every weekend uh, but it's fun it's really a great experience, and you compete your tail off, and you try to get two wins. Now, Coach, now I know here at the Hogs, Coach Budenholzer likes to uh, limit minutes in that first game of a back-to-back. So I was one of those curious, uh, how do you manage that first game of the back-to-back? Do you go all out, or do you kind of try to manage, manage knowing you have another game tomorrow in mind? Yeah, it's a great question. I think there's years. Honestly, I've been this is my 23rd year in the Ivies. There's years that I... I had the ability to go deep into my bench on Fridays and it wouldn't be much of a drop-off. I think that's the whole thing. Whether What's your team makeup? Is there much drop-off? Um, we have the ability this year to play a lot of guards uh, on Friday nights to help us. Um, and But some of the key guys, it's, it's hard. They're going to play 30, 35 minutes, um, and they got to get used to it. I'm, I'm telling you, it's it's something mentally and physically you got to get ready for the intensity of back to back like that. Now, coach, I'm this then uh, practice wise during the week. Do you kind of man, man, manage practice then to less contact, more shooting drills, just to kind of knowing what's on the back end of these back to backs? Do you kind of manage to put the practice plan differently as well? Yeah, no doubt. And uh, like for instance, this week we were off Sunday. We were off today. I just felt I needed to give these guys two days off in a row. Tomorrow we'll, we'll do some 
live half court, live half court, very little full court. Wednesday will be just half court, and Thursday will be no physical contact. There'll be more skill work, uh, some breakdown drills, some teaching things about uh, walking through the other the opponent's stuff on Friday. But at this point in the year, uh, it's very little wide contact, to be honest with you. Now, Coach, for my listeners here, uh, i got one more for you. For my listeners down here in Atlanta and, and our affiliates in the South here who may not know about Ivy League basketball the way I do because I'm a big fan of it, uh, can you share with them the quality of coaching and the quality of teams in the Ivy League that they, they're missing out by not watching your, your, your games on TV here? Well, I'll give you an idea. Over the last seven years, um, my, well, I was starting in 2010, but my Cornell team went to the Sweet 16. We've won five other league, excuse me, five other NCAA games over the next seven years. Uh, one of the best non-power conference records in the country. Uh, last year we had three teams in the top 100. Uh, it's a little bit of a rebuilding year this year for the league, but there's a quality opponents, the length, the size, the athleticism. I'll give you one more. Our sophomore class in our league had seven top 150 players, and the rivals 150. Um, just the talent level in this league is may surprise people that just hear the name Ivy League. It's way different than it was even 10 years ago. Uh, much different, much larger players, skill, and as I said, much highly, more highly recruited kids. Now, coaches, I got one more for you guys about the, about the Ivy, League, Ivy League tournament here. Do you like the Ivy League tournament, coach, or do you like the, the old way when you guys friends this regular season gets the automatic bid to, that, to the tournament there? Yeah, you know what? I'm an old school guy, and I probably wouldn't have voted for it. Um, however, I think we do it the right way. I think uh, mid-majors uh, that invite all of them, is, it's, it's great for all the teams, but I don't know if it's fair. We, our regular season still worth something. The top four teams go. Now, last year we were 0-6, and, and we finished out 6-8 and eight and got ourselves in it. It was a great experience. Um, there's years I ran the table um, and would have really not appreciated a conference tournament because I think we did enough to win it. But I do think it's the best thing for all the kids in the, that get to experience March Madness you had three additional teams. Um, the league has been great the last two years. Everybody's still alive for the playoffs with two weeks to go in, this, in the conference. Um, the crowds are way better. And the tournament itself was so exciting uh, in the palestra. It was awesome. Yes, indeed. Well, Coach, I'll definitely make sure that my listeners and my fans cheer you guys on. I've been hoping the Quakers get that automatic bid. Now, I will hope, Coach, you can make it to the Sweet 16 and make it to Atlanta, to the South Regional, down here with us, Coach. That will be my hope, hope yeah. for you guys. That would be awesome. I love it, Dan. Let's, let's make that a plan. Yes, indeed. Love to have you come in the studio with us, Coach, and, and have some maybe one of your guys coach too, because I love to have you down here. South Region is going to be a, a great event. They're already planning for it. I hope you guys can be a part of it, man. All right, great. Hey, thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed talking to
Alright folks, we're back here on the Boss Man Show. We're joined by the Idaho Vandals head coach, Don Verlin here on the Boss Man Show. Coach Verlin, how are things out there in Idaho, my friend? Oh, everything's great out here. Uh, obviously, we're winning a few games. It's warm in the gym, but it's cold outside. I hear that, Coach. I hear that. I hear you on there, man. I hear you. Now, Coach, you're 11-3 in the big sky, ain't it? And you're just getting on the street, knocking off the Grizz of Montana. So, Coach, talk to us about that game against Montana. And what's been the key factors for your guys and your streak you've been on in general when you last these games in the big, big sky play, man? Yeah, well, the uh, Montana game, uh, obviously, was a great basketball game. We've had a number of good games with them over the years. Uh, we actually ended their season uh, last year. It's been a rivalry. These are, uh, you know, we're only about four hours apart. Uh, so it's been a, a, a good rivalry game for, for a number of years. And, and uh, you know, what we were able to do in that basketball game is tip one in at the buzzer to win. It was a heck of a game, bunch of lead changes, uh, two very well-coached teams, two very two teams that played very hard, and, and it was really anybody's game right until the final buzzer, and that was actually in overtime. Yes, indeed. Now, Coach, do you feel like the non-conference late you guys played, and how much do you attribute that to your team starting in the conference right now, playing so tough right now in February and dollars February on into March here, and do you feel like those challenges you saw in the non-con is helping you guys right now? Yeah, no question about it. Uh, you know, I've got a veteran ball club. I've got six seniors. I've got, uh, you know, seven guys that have, that have been in this program either four or five years. So so we have a veteran club, and they knew what to expect. But we had a tough non-conference schedule. Uh, you know, we had marquee wins, uh, one versus our in-state rival. We're not really in-state, but it's only eight miles away. Washington State University, that game was at home. We played very well in that game. Uh, went out and played Western Michigan, which is a very good team. We're able to play very well in in that basketball game, played Nevada. Uh, you know, we had a number of good non-conference games, along with a, a lot of travel. Uh, uh, you know, and I think that really prepared us for conference play. And and we started a little slow in conference play. We're you know two and two after our first four, uh, but then have, have fi- found a way. Uh, you know, to to win. Uh, uh, nine of our last 11, and, and obviously very happy with that. Now, Coach, having a veteran team here, Coach, they kind of complete your thoughts for you. They kind of know what you expect already, and you all have to worry about them not they can stick for the game plan you set, set for them, keep that game plan discipline there, which you probably love and enjoy, rather than a young guy who may forget what you went over and shoot around, forget what's in the game plan, and, and freelance off of what you guys want them to do and teach and, and practice every day. Yeah, no question. Uh, you know, uh, it, it, this is the smartest basketball team I've ever had since, since I've been here at the University of Idaho. Uh, this is a team with a, a lot of maturity, and you're exactly right. They they know what what the program and the system is all about. They know what's expected of them, and you know it's one of those things. You just got to go out and do it on a, a, a nightly basis, and and uh, uh, you know for for the most part, uh, this team has been very healthy throughout the year. Knock on wood. Uh, you know, we obviously have a tough road trip this week with at Idaho State uh, and then at Weber State. Both of them, uh, one right ahead of us in the conference standings, one right below us in the conference standings. So a big week if we want to keep pace with uh, Montana, who's a, who's actually a game up on us uh, in the Big Sky Conference standings as we stand today. Now, Coach, this time of year, do you pull back forth live drills and practicing the wear and tear on the guys' bodies or knowing you have big road games and we the dollars in February, or do you still kind of go kind of hard, some half-court hard shell drills here and there, or you kind of just kind of just trying to play it by ear of film and do more film work? 
You know, it, it's it's a little bit of both. Uh, you know, you're, you're exactly right. Our, our college basketball season, you know, we actually start, we're able to start practice this year on September 29th. And, and if you think about it, uh, that's a long stretch uh, to be practicing and, and, and playing games. And, and, you know, what we've traditionally done, and we've been really good uh, in this program in February and March, is, is that uh, it's really kind of the same practice plan. It's just condensed. Uh, you know, everything's shorter. You know, a, a drill like that, that we might have done for 10 or 12 minutes in the fall, it might be down to seven or eight or six minutes uh, now. So it's, uh, you know, kind of less is more. Uh, we, we usually aren't on the practice floor more than about an hour and a half at, at most. And, and then what you mentioned about the film room, usually this time of year the film picks up. Uh, you know, it's, it's now you're, you're teaching them and talking to them about the details because the details are what's important as you're playing possession games. You know, a lot of these games when you get to this time of the season is they come down to one or two possessions. And how are you going to steal those possessions and find a way to win a close ball game? And, and that's really what's been our focus here in February, and it will be the same as in March. Exactly. And also having a veteran team coach this time of year, February, March, that they're not afraid as the games become more important or it gets tighter in the late second half. They won't tense up or make the wrong play because they're nervous. They are confident in their, in their teachings, in, in their skill, in their drill work. They can make it happen, execute when it all counts in the biggest moments. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, you know, and in, in, uh, what we talk a lot about is, is trust. Uh, trust in the system, uh, trust in the program, and trust in each other. And uh, that's one thing with the veteran team. Uh, you know, we haven't had to do a lot of uh, trust-building things this year. These guys have, have been through a lot of that stuff and know, like what you're talking about, uh, know what's expected, know how the games are played late in the year, know how they're officiated. And so that's been a great luxury for us this year. Yes, indeed. Now, Coach, talk to us specifically about how big a duel of Victor and Brian's been for your team this year. And what did their contribution mean to you and the program in general about how those guys play and bring the passion every night for you guys? Yeah, uh, both of them very good players. Uh, you know, Vic's, Vic's, Victor Sanders has been in the program for, for four years, and as a freshman he averaged three points a game, and, and now he's our second all-time leading scorer in Idaho history. Uh, he, he's had an unbelievable career here. He's a great young man who will re- receive his degree in the spring. Uh, he's worked extremely hard to be a player, uh, not only in the weight room, but, but uh, his own individual skills and, uh, you know, as part of the team. And, and uh, you know, Vic's a special guy. You don't get a lot of those uh, in coaching. You know, they come around once in a while, and, and he's obviously a very good player, and, he, and he's backed it up night in and night out. Brown Blake is, is a junior college transfer from North Idaho Junior College, and he's been my biggest surprise this year. You know, had a decent um, – uh, junior year uh, with the transfer, but this year has really stepped up and played some great basketball. Uh, you know, I challenged Brayon at the start of the year that he needed to lead the league in rebounding, and he's doing it. And, you know, uh, that's just a tribute to him and how he comes to work every single day. The one thing I tell you about Brayon is it means a lot to him. He loves basketball, but winning means a lot to him, and, and he goes out and tries to do whatever he can to help our basketball team win, whether it's scoring points, whether it's getting rebounds, whether it's defending the toughest guy, whatever it takes, and, and been very happy with his contributions. But we've had a lot of other guys step up and play very well as, as, as well. But those two guys have obviously played uh, uh, really good to this point in the season. 
talking with the Idaho Vandals, Don Rutherford here on the Boss Man Show, by his team up there in Idaho in the Big Sky Conference and the coach. Look at your stats. I love what I see, man. You got balance scoring across the board with seven guys virtually averaging five points a game. Balance rebounding as well. Six guys over three, over three boards a game. So it's sharing the basketball. Attacking the glass, defending like crazy out of three elements you're practicing, you're preaching through your team every day and practicing in a film session? Yeah, no question. Um, you know, that that's the key thing, uh, you know, is, is being able to play with your with your teammates and, and share the ball. And, uh, you know, uh, we lead the conference in assist. That's just a tribute to the guys in the in the program and, and doing what they've been coached to do and accepting that coaching. I, I think that's always a big part is, you know, there's a lot of good coaches out here, uh, but but getting your guys to accept it is, is something important, uh, really important. And then the other area that you mentioned is, is rebounding. Uh, that, that was an emphasis, uh, you know, way back in the summer when we started as we felt like we had to lead this league in rebounding uh, and, and, and rebound margin, and we're doing it. And uh, got a number of guys who, who do a really good job rebounding the ball. I've also got a number of guards. You know, usually good rebounding team have good guard rebounders, and, and we've got a couple – very good guard rebounders, and that's what's helped us uh, rebound the ball so well this year. Now, Coach, uh, recruiting-wise, now, the big guy that means a transfer league, a grad transfer league, a, a JUCO league, a high school freshman league. So you got a lot of different ways to go to build your roster here in that league. So how do you go about selling your program to guys to come to, 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 come to Idaho and the location of Idaho? Uh, what, what guys are you try, trying to target to bring into your program? Yeah, that's that's a great question. You know, um, you're, you're right about our league. Uh, it, it's all the way across the board, uh, whether it's junior college transfers or high school guys. But but our philosophy has been is is work like crazy in the Northwest. Uh, you know, it's close to us, and if you look at our roster, uh, we've got a lot of uh, Oregon and or Washington guys um, on our roster. Uh, we we've also uh, occasionally. Uh, you know, recruited a junior college guy and or a transfer guy. And then also, you know, we're looking at some good high school guys uh, from wherever across the country. As a matter of fact, we signed a guy from Atlanta this year, uh, Kadeem Sam, uh, and he, he will come and play for the Idaho Vandals. And, yes, what we sell, uh, what we sell uh, is, is, number one, like everybody, we sell a good education. University of Idaho is a great place to go to school. Uh, every fraternity and sorority is represented on this campus, and it's it's Campus Life 101. It's a it's a fun place to go to school. There's a lot of kids your own age, and also eight miles down the road is Washington State University, uh, which has about thirty thousand students. And so, in this eight mile, ten mile radius, if you will, is there's a lot of campus life and a lot a lot of college life. And then, you know, the next thing is, is we, we really sell our basketball program and our player development. Uh, part of that program is, is uh, since I've been at the University of Idaho, we've got uh, three of the uh, top five all-time leading scorers in Idaho history, and those guys have come and been here as freshmen and or redshirted and worked their way up. And, you know, those guys have had, had the opportunity and are currently playing, you know, overseas. And so... Uh, it's just an opportunity, one, to get a good education, but number two is come to a place where you can develop yourself. And, and one thing that we sell a lot is to play professional basketball, you got to build a college resume. And and what a better, what, what's a better place to do that than the University of Idaho? You got there right, Coach. And you know what? I feel like the big skies is a good home for those West Coast guys who thought they was high-major guys and then they – 
wasn't quite get the point on that one. They can come down to the mid sky and be world beaters because of the league, the way it's set up. You can go to the mid sky and get to make a name for yourself and get to build a resume to play professionally, either be Europe, the G League, wherever you want to play it. Right. Yep. I, I, I agree. Uh, you know, and obviously uh, in the last four or five years, you know, Damian Lillard came out of this league. Uh, uh, there's been some, some really good players uh, come out of this league. And, and what I tell you about this year is this is the best uh, – the league has been in the five years since we've been back uh, in the league, actually four years since we've been back in the league. Um, you know, there's, there's a, it's a really balanced conference. There's a number of good guards. And I, and I give you examples of how good the big sky has been this year. A year ago in non-conference play, we won 29 ball games. Our, all of our conference teams won t- 29 ball games in non-conference play. This year, our conference won 72. And, and so there was a number of teams that went on the road and upset big schools. Uh, you know, Montana went to Pitt and won. Uh, Irvine went to, to uh, Stanford and won. Uh, uh, Portland State beat Stanford and Cal. Uh, you can go down this. We beat Washington State. You can go down the list, and there was a number of marquee wins from our conference. And that just tells you how good our conference is this year. Is that in coach? You all are good interviews. I've had on. I've had on Travis. I've had on Grandy. I've had on Shante. I had on Barrett. I've had on uh, Todd. So you all and you, now I had on you all are good interviews too. People people sleep on the Big Sky Conference. Your coaches are, are very knowledgeable. Quality coaching. Quality talent. Quality all together. Now if I can do my part to give you all a platform, I'm gonna do it because I, I like the ball you guys play out there. Well, I appreciate that, and I'm sorry you had to talk to Randy. Uh, you know, he's a longtime friend, and, and we play him this week. We were on the same staff together for 10 years. So, uh, But uh, like, like you said, number of good, good, good basketball coaches in a very well-coached conference, and, and it's a lot of fun playing in this conference. Yes, indeed, with Coach Verlin. I think it's been great to have you on the show. I'm glad it worked out to get you, get you on with us because I had a lot of different guys in your league on. So I got to have you on too, Coach. So I'm glad you were to get, get you in here as well for this March Madness thing that kicks off here real soon, man. Uh, yep, I, I appreciate that. And, uh, hey, I've, I've been an Atlanta Braves fan for a long time, so go Braves. Yes, indeed. Tom Hall Chop, baby. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, Coach, let me ask you this. Did you become a Braves fan because of TBS like I did, or did you a fan before TBS? TBS. Uh, you know, when I was growing up, they were the only guys, you know, you got them all the time. And and uh, that's, how you become a, that's how you become a Braves fan. I mean, uh, you know, I'm a West Coast guy, and and, and uh, obviously like the Giants and the A's, but, uh, you know, being able to see the Atlanta Braves, you just automatically become fans. and then you know, for a number of years, they were so good, and, and uh, God, it was fun uh, watching them play uh, through the years. Now, Coach, I'm going to tell you a quick story. No, it's so surreal for me. No, I'm 30 years old, Coach, so I used to watch the Braves on TBS, the Fresh Prince would come on at 605, 635, Braves baseball. Now, I got, I got in the media business at 23, so when I got to meet Skip Carey, Don Sud, Pete Van Warren, and Joseph for the first time, I about lost my mind because these are the guys I watched every night on TBS, chilling on the Brazier on Orlando, Florida. So he's like, so real. Wow. That's amazing. That's a great story. Yes, indeed. Well, Coach, when you come, hope we come to town this offseason to recruit some guys. We go to a Brazier game today in town, hopefully. I'm going to send you my number off there so you can have my numbers. We can definitely keep in contact. We get to town, go watch a game together or something, man. I would love to do that. Yes, indeed. Well, Coach Villa, thank you again. We'll talk to you real soon, man. All right, partner. See you now.
folks, we're back here on the JR the Boss Man show. We're about to go out west where I just came from. We got back from the All-Star game. The Cal State Fullerton Titans, their coach, DJ Taylor on the Boss Man show. Coach Taylor, good to have you on the show, man. How I love treating you out there in Cali, man. I love love your area, man. I want to go back already. <laughs> Come on back. You're welcome anytime, man. Just bring some of that good Southern cooking with you, and we'll be just fine. Oh, man, I, I can do that for you for sure, Coach. Any kind of barbecue or chicken or, or hot chicken you want, <laughs> we got it for you, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, Coach, I want to just say congrats on your 8-4 and four in, in the Big West right now. I got a great race going on between you guys, UC Irvine, Davis, Cal, you got UCSB doing their thing as well. But right now, 8-4, and four, they're getting one in streak. So, Coach, what's been the key factors for your team playing well in conference play and also the streak you're on right now, man? Um, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with just our guys are in a rhythm. They they understand what to do. They understand how to do it. And now it's just a matter of those guys doing it. They believe when they believe in it, when they're focused on our concepts, both offensively and defensively, it gives our group a great chance to take advantage of their talent. Uh, we've been really, really fortunate from a recruiting standpoint to land some talented guys that have been able to develop in our program over the course of the years. We're still relatively young. We have one senior this year. Um, but we've had back-to-back freshman player, freshman of the year in our conference, and those two guys in particular are playing really well. We have another young man that's a junior that's that's as talented as anybody, and, and those three guys are playing playing really well on both ends of the floor. And I think the difference for this group right now is, A, knock on wood, we're healthy, we're injury-free, and then, B, these guys understand how to play and they're enjoying playing together uh, the way that we play the game. Now, Coach, this time of year, daughters of February into March here, Coach, practice plans and working the guys out. You pull back some to keep your guys healthy this time of year, more film study, less drill work, less half court live or going full court live, trying to keep them fresh for games right now? Yeah, we do. We spend a, we spend a little more time in the film room. We still limit it to 20, 25 minutes. Uh, maybe 30 at this time of year. Um, where our practices are typically, we're on the floor in early November and October, we're on the floor two and a half, two forty-five. Whereas now we're on the floor like today, we got in, we got film done in 30 minutes, and then we got on the floor and we were off the floor in an hour, hour, maybe an hour and 10 minutes. And so <clears throat> this group's unique from a standpoint of they like to play. They like to play. They learn better through playing. So the way we set up our practices are, We'll have a couple of breakdown drills just to introduce the concepts or re rehearse the concepts, and then they like to put the concepts together uh, live, and they they want to go up and down. So that's what we do, and we give them that opportunity um, to take advantage of what they have expressed is the best way for them to learn. They take a different type of ownership when we get up and down the floor. And so we don't do it low, but we get up and down, and we compete against each other and their consequences, and um, this group's unique that way in terms of they, they like to play. Exactly. You want some players, Coach, because if you, they don't like to play, then it makes your job difficult. But, yeah, our team is excited <laughs> to practice every day, excited to get in the gym, yeah. do drill work, whether it be shell drills, or, you know, you miss a free throw, yeah. you don't do a 22 or an 11. You know, you got you love that, yeah. man. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. And this group is kind of taking that work ethic to a different level. I mean, we use an hour and a half or whatever time we're together, but regularly you can come in the gym at 7 in the morning or 11, 12 o'clock at night, and you'll see one or two of our guys in there working individually on their game. And that's one thing that this group has 
taken it to another level, in my opinion, since we've been here as a, as a staff, is, is the work ethic and the development and, and the, the mindset of every day getting better. This group, particularly a couple of guys, have really, really bought into that concept, and they've taken it to another level as, as far as just, I'll give you another example, is we beat Irvine at Irvine early in the conference play, and Irvine's probably about 25-minute bus ride for us, so we bus back to campus we get off the bus the guys go put their stuff down i go to my office i'm doing my next thing i'm leaving the leaving the gym probably about 45 minutes later and one of our best players this is after a win one of our best players is in the gym with his dad working on his game and that happens regularly from him and there's a couple other guys that are in the gym working and so the mindset of getting better the mindset of putting in the work so that on the when the lights are on their talent can be on full display, and that's something that this group has really taken a liking to, and, and, and you know, we've been very fortunate with that. We have DJ Taylor here at the Cal State Fullerton Titans here on the Bossman Show. Not only a baseball school, but a basketball school, too, people. Don't get that confused about Cal State Fullerton. More than this baseball, people. Ain't there right, Coach? Definitely. Definitely. We're building it. We're building it. Everybody recognizes the Alf and uh, when we're on this, on your side of Texas, on the east side of Texas, everybody thinks we're Florida. Uh, that's one thing that we we got to deal with with our with our logo. But most people do recognize us for for baseball. But as you can tell, just with this conversation that you and I are having, you know, our basketball brand is building and it's it's starting to pick up some momentum uh, across the country. And and it's a it's a beautiful thing for our young men and for our school, obviously. But most most importantly for the guys in our program. It's all about the experience that they get an opportunity to have. And, Coach, you know, a lot of college basketball players call and text me about how to get more playing time. I think what you just described as a coach, seeing your guys after a win in the gym working on their game, you have to make a coach play. You have to do things to show a coach they can trust you. You have to be in space with your play and your action, your activities to say, hey, play me. You know, don't leave me something. Yeah. Play me. <laughs> so doing all yeah, things no. shows that you're invested in, in, in the team and the game. And a coach will give you some run see, see if they can trust you and go from there. No question. No question. There's a guy, a friend of mine by the name of Kevin Eastman and I heard him speak a couple of summers ago, maybe three summers ago, and he was talking about his time with the Clippers under Doc Rivers, and he made the statement, to your point of this, he said, players give us more information and make the decisions easier for us based on what they do while they're working. And so to your point, if, if those guys aren't getting extra shots, if they don't, they're not understanding the concept and coming in and watching extra films so that they do get the concepts and being able to execute those concepts day in and day out, it actually makes it pretty easy to, make, you know, to, to play the guys that are doing those things and the guys that aren't. It, rel- it makes it relatively easy to, to, to keep them over there on the bench. Get there, right, coach? To show you want it, and you earn the playing time by showing that you want it. Now, I tell guys that all the time, coach, and a lot of times people, well, well, boss man, I said, look, I played sports, I played football, <laughs> basketball. I know what it takes to yeah. get the job yeah. done at the collegiate level. Definitely, definitely. And I'll tell you something else interesting. Just in that conversation, a lot of people ask questions, and they're not listening to the response. They're not hearing what you just said. I mean, seriously, if you rewind what you just said. Literally, the three or four or five bullet points that you just said, if guys brought that every single day, they would be able to answer their own question. 
how do I get more playing time? Exactly what you just said. St- study an extra film. Showing the coach that you're ready by doing the little things that matter every single day. Again, you put so much pressure on a coach to where he's looking around like, how do I not play that guy who does that every single day? And, Coach, I've also told these guys, too, you always been evaluated from where you're in the classroom, where you're in the dining hall, study hall, pre-practice, post-practice, during practice. You've always been evaluated. So, always, when you have an opportunity, put your best foot forward because it all goes a long way to you when you're getting, getting into the game, when the clock is getting the fans in the arena, you may get that call off the bench to do something because you, you have to earn it sure. and show it and everything you do from day one. Definitely. No question, and, and again, it goes it goes back to your point in terms of you know or your question rather of how are, how is our program able to make the run that we made? I think there's a direct correlation between a guy's study habits and his work habits in the classroom, and whether or not he's taking care of business. Can we count on him if he says I'm going to study hall and I'm going to be there from nine to eleven? Can we count on him to do that? Because if we can, you're building you're building coins. That, that that replay themselves on the floor just the same because if a guy gets beat, you got to be in, in your position, and we got to trust your teammates got to trust that you're there because that's what you do. And so there's a direct correlation. The guy skipping missing class, he's probably doing the same thing on the floor. And so our guys, once again, to, to answer your question in terms of how we've gotten where we are, character is a huge, huge, huge pillar. Uh, in our program, and because we have some high-character guys, and again, I'm not saying they're perfect, because they all make mistakes daily, but they understand right from wrong, and more times than not, they're choosing right, and when they choose right, it just helps us get where we're trying to go a little quicker. You got that right, Coach. Now, Coach, I feel like your team's non-conference slate has really helped them to the, to, to get to the start they are in conference play, being 8-4, and four, I didn't think of the big West race here, and you feel like the playing at tough non-conference schedules with quality opponents has helped you guys gel even more. They love being together, they love playing, but going to the adversity, playing some tough teams in non-conference, it's helping them right now as they play their rivals all around California and beyond in the Big West Conference there. Sure, yeah, no, and we try to do that with our scheduling. There's two things we try to try to do with our scheduling is number one we, we we look at it as an opportunity to help our guys get better who can we go play that we respect that we can learn from st mary's was one of those schools usc was one of those schools this year uh we were fortunate to be able to play in the john wooden legacy or just, excuse me the wooden legacy classic where we played against georgia a guy that i worked for mark fox and, um had an opportunity to play against harvard uh, one of the better coaches that i think does an excellent job. And so we were able to not only play them, but we learned a tremendous amount from them, um, from what they were doing, but also we learned about ourselves and, and how good we can be. And I thought our group really, really accepted learning from those, from the preseason and being able to play some of those games um, on the road and then obviously at our place. And I think they've helped us on the road. I, I think this is the first year that we've won uh, as many games on the road as we've won. And I think a lot of it has to do with our preseason. The second thing is, is, is you know, from a recruiting standpoint, we have a key, we have kids from all over the country. We have three kids from Texas, a kid from Brooklyn, a kid from uh, Toronto. So we're going to try to go back and play in their home states to be able to see, you know, have their family see them uh, close to them. And so that's another thing that we try to accomplish while we're uh, while we're scheduling opponents. You know, trying to use it as a recruiting piece, and hopefully we can get down there 
get some of those good athletic young men that you guys got down there in Georgia. Well, Coach, you got some options here. Georgia State, you know, you want to play against that zone and run 100 plays. Uh, Georgia Tech, Kennesaw, Mark yeah. Fox up in Athens, yeah. Mercer. You got options, Coach. Yeah. You come down here and play a whole series down here at Georgia schools, man. <laughs> Hey, listen, I just want to come down there and give me some sweet tea, man, and go to the Waffle House. That's all I want to do anyway. <laughs> <laughs> hey, touche. Hey, the Waffle House is always popping, man. Always popping. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, indeed. Now, Coach Amanda, yes, man, so recruiting-wise, it has to be easy for you to recruit because you're in a great area. You know, Southern California, yeah. all them schools right in the area. You, can, you got a good talent. You can get Pac-12 transfers, or you can get grad transfers, sure. like high school freshmen, JUCOs, and it's I feel I mean high school seniors without JUCOs. So I feel like you have a great area to recruit any level, any way you want to recruit and build your program, keep it turning over in the right direction every year and being old at the right time all the time. Yeah, no, we do. We've been able to really, really find our define our blueprint. And our blueprint is, is again, it's high-character guys that have a high skill set or, or a potential to have a high skill set and, you know, guys that are willing to work. And so if we can identify those things early in the process, it really helps us uh, get engaged and build a relationship, which is, to me, the most important thing of, of recruiting. It's just the relationship, being able to spend time face-to-face and one-on-one and then, you know, we do have, excuse me, a lot to sell um, in our area. And ironically, in most places, like we have a kid right now from the Czech Republic. We have a kid from Grenada. We have a kid, as I mentioned, from Toronto. Last year, we had a kid from Australia. But most places we go and we mention our area, whether it be Los Angeles or Fullerton by name, kids instinctively, automatically, they know it. They're aware of the location. They're aware of it because of the beaches or because of the Lakers or, you know, some they, they're able to resonate with the area because of they, they've been attracted to it by some shape, form, or fashion in terms of, you know, name, Hollywood, something like that. And so as soon as we hear that from a kid that we want, we automatically know we got a chance. We got a chance because they they, they want to come spend some time in, in Los Angeles. I'll tell you a quick story recruiting-wise of the kid from the Czech Republic. Um, we got a chance to see him over here at a junior college up in Laramie, Wyoming. And he obviously knew where we were and what was going on. And so we sit and we talk and I said, Hey, you know, where we're located. He's like, coach, I just want to tell you this. I've been a Lakers fan my whole life. I've always wanted to go to school in Los Angeles. And right then and there, I was like, okay, I think we, we got a really good chance. And so there's a lot of things that we have to sell outside of location. Obviously our schools, top three business schools in the country, our, our kinesiology program is one of the best in the country. And, um, there's a lot of business-oriented opportunities in our area that because you're associated with Cal State Fullerton, you get a chance to go out in the real world and get some real-life experience while you're in school as well. And if you happen to be an athlete, that makes the experience, in my, or my opinion, that much better for you um, as you look to build your own resume, both, both athletically and personally. Now, Coach, the final question I have for you is, I, I say, I want to have you on, too, because Black History Month, you know, I'm African-American, a talk show host with a platform sure. in a key city in the South where the civil rights movement was made and a lot of blacks have made progress. So, African-American coaching is business. Uh, what does it mean to you, Coach, and what does it mean to mentor these young men and mold them into good husbands, businessmen, uh, whatever they want to go, career basketball players? What, what does it mean to you to mold these young men, leave an impact on these men for their whole lives, and knowing that, hey, you're like a father to these guys, a big brother to them, too, in a sense, as well, once they graduate, that you're always going to be there for them? 
Yeah, it, it, to me, honestly, it's the most important part of the puzzle. Like basketball is just a caveat to what to to get these young men's attention. Basketball is secondary, in my opinion. Once we have the relationship, and once we have the the opportunity where we trust each other, most importantly, these young men trust us. Now the real work, the exciting work starts to begin because you get a chance to literally pour into these guys. And the three things that we talk about, and me personally, I talk about service, impact, leadership. That is something that we spend an inordinate amount of time uh, with our guys and, quite frankly, anyone that, will, that we come in contact that's willing to, to engage in any kind of conversation. And, again, basketball is just a catalyst that we use to attract these young guys' attention. But what wakes me up at night, or excuse me, what, what wakes me up in the morning is this opportunity to make the best out of this day to hopefully be able to pour into these young men so that they see what their impact can be through service and the opportunity to be leaders in their community. And those three things will always stand stand out to me as we try to give back to these young men because, again, I'm not getting any younger. And if I don't do my part in terms of teaching the next generation how to be stand-up men, men of their word, uh, my father told me, you got two things in this world, your name and your word. And when you screw those two things up, man, you got a long, you got a long road to go, long road to go. And so we try to spend time with these guys and impart some of those same messages um, to these young men in hopes that they can be better than my generation. Um, and, and when I get old and can't do for myself, hopefully these young cats uh, will be able to take care of me and go ahead and put me in the grave versus just put me in the grave like I'm sure they want to do anyway. <laughs> you got there, right, Coach. Well, Coach, I thank you for your time, my like Coach Taylor. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. We'll have you on again real soon. And when you land on and come down definitely. here and recruit, man, give me a holler. We'll have you in studio as well, man. I will. Most definitely. Count on that. I'll be down there probably uh, sometime in April for sure. So I'll let you know when I'm coming. And uh, we, we can go get some food, and then we can get on the airways and chop it up. Yeah, Coach, I'm taking the Waffle House, man. Get you what you want that Waffle yes, House. Right, take care of yes, you, man. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. If you come back west, please let me know. Reach out. And, hey, uh, Coach, let's I, I think, see, the Hawks played anyway. West Coast trip already. I already went the the Clippers and the yeah. Lakers back, back yeah. to back. So, we we'll back this year. Yeah. But maybe the Falcons will play the Rams, I think. I don't know for sure. But yeah. I'm always out there with the yeah. Hawks and Falcons. I'll come at that all the time, man. Please let me know. We'd love to catch up with you. Coach, I sure will, man. Thank you for time tonight again. Coach, you be safe, man. Hope y'all get that win this week, right. man. Appreciate it, man. You take care. Thank you again. All right, folks.